Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. My name is Dr. Roger Welton coming to you with my host from Illinois, Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, Dr. Lewis. Hello, Dr. Roger. You're like, do I call her Dr. Karen or Dr. Lewis? I don't know. It's... Yeah, I was a little torn there for a second. <laughs> I don't know why. No. <laughs> so uh, anyway, this is really funny. This is an example of how, I don't know if it's how in sync we are or how we read each other's minds or maybe our lives just overlap that much. But you uh, apparently just wrote a blog article on how safe is general anesthesia, which is funny because I had just started an article, I haven't published mine yet, a couple of days ago on uh, is my pet too old for anesthesia. So apparently we both have had anesthesia on the brain, uh, which is funny of all the random things we, you know, talk about. So uh, anyway, but yours was more inspired by your recent conference that you attended. Yes, it, you know, it was um, – you know, you get a general idea of this stuff, but um, to see it actually quantitatively, you know, as far as the risk is concerned, put into an actual study with numbers, a massive, massive study that was done by this lecture, it, it's really neat to actually be able to tell my clients just how safe it really is or unsafe, depending on your perspective. Because I don't know about you, but one of the one of the hardest selling points for anesthesia for something like a dentistry is the fear of anesthesia. Do you find the same thing? Oh, my gosh. So... Whenever, because, okay, who usually needs a dental? They're old. You know, it's not the puppies and kittens. So it's an Unless older it's animal. Unless it's Yorkie. Yorkie's by the age oh, of yeah. two need a dental. <laughs> yeah, then they're like four. Um, yeah. but, uh, but usually if it's an older animal, and I always have these people tell me, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I understand it's important, and his teeth are a mess, and I want to get it done, but I just can't do the general anesthesia because, you know, 30 years ago, I had took a dog in for a dental and he never woke up. Or my friend's dog went in for a dental and never came home. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it, when I first, you know, when I was a new vet, people would tell me this. I'd be like, oh, really? And now I'm just like, just want to go take the pen in my hand and put it in my eye for every time I have a, somebody telling me that story. Because I'm like, I know. It was freaking 40 years ago. Like, <laughs> it's a different ball game now. It's like. I don't know if you got a new computer 40 years ago, would you be like, oh, no, I don't need a computer now. I got mine 40 years ago, so I'm good. Right. You know, like, Yeah, and, and that's a great point. The, the technology from the anesthetic drugs, the induction agents, you know, the, 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 the drugs that we use to give intravenously to get them to the state where we can put the, uh, the, the tracheal tube in, endotracheal tube in, and, 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 and to the gas that we're administering – to the protocols that we're using, to the equipment we're using, to monitoring them. They've all come down quite a bit in price. So I know back when I, like, first graduated, nobody had a surgery vet. You know, you had a pulse oximeter, that thing they stick on the tongue and uh, measures the oxygen saturation in the blood and gives you an audible heartbeat, but, you know, really didn't provide all that much information beyond that. And, of course, we later learned that oxygen saturation almost never depletes or goes down during anesthesia anyway. Yes, What's yeah. that? <laughs> Unless they've been dead for five minutes and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's low. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's a nice because it gives you an audible beat and that's wonderful. And it's great to say, yeah, this, you know, we got oxygen saturation at 95 percent plus, but 
really that diagnostic, as much as it made us feel better, wasn't all that useful. But now, in, in addition to that, we have capnometers that measure carbon dioxide levels. We have um, an EKG that's going to be indwelling. It's going to stay on. That measures the pulse wave of the heart, so we can look at look and see for uh, irregular heartbeats from an electrical standpoint. We have from my perspective, the most important is the blood pressure monitoring because most anesthesia accidents are blood pressure related. And so you got these machines now that have all this stuff in one that used to cost like $100,000. You can you can get them for more reasonable pricing now just because the technology's gotten better. It doesn't take up your whole OR. You know, it's a nice little screen. Yeah. Um, and, and so that these are the things that we're doing. And there's a... Um... It's always changing because I'm thinking back to just even in the years since I graduated vet school, how things have changed for the better. So when we graduated vet school, I don't know if you did this too, but the rate of IV fluids we would have patients on, we used to do a five, what we call five times maintenance. And what that is is you take the rate of IV fluids that they would need just to maintain them throughout the day for their weight, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, we would multiply that times five and do that to maintain their blood pressure. Well, then I did that for years and years and years. And then I went to a conference a couple of years ago and found out, oh, it's that's that's old news and you're wrong and you're all horrible people and you're drowning your patients. So now <laughs> we're supposed to do two to three times maintenance. I'm like, well, crap. So um, did I have any patients die on the five times maintenance? No. Uh so some of this, I wonder, is just them having to have, you know, trends and fads. But just to show you, it's always changing. And mm-hmm. you can't, you really have to keep up with it, too, because I thought the five times maintenance was the cat's meow. And then I went to these lectures where they were yelling at it, not yelling at us. But, you know, I I was like, wow, I feel really outdated. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, do you do five times maintenance or do you do two or three? or No, so I do three for three for dogs, two for cats. Okay. Uh, and 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 then this particular anesthesiologist, you know, that kind of that was the inspiration for my article and, and my participation in this episode. She said that uh, you should be dropping that off by 20% for every hour they're under anesthesia to avoid fluid overload. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, when we look at the statistics here, the just to break it down, if you're ready for statistics. <laughs> I like statistics. So so. Let, let's look first. We have to let's disclose all of the criteria by which we are talking um, this, you know, by which the study was was based on. We're not talking about, you know, the the, the little country vet clinic that um, is not doing half of the things that we want to see being done. We're talking okay, about. So can I just tell you a segue about that real quick? I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I was. Oh my gosh, like five years ago, this little country clinic, like an hour out in the middle of the boondocks, called and begged me to come and fill in for a week because the it was a one doctor deal and she hadn't gone on vacation in four years and wanted to go to the cattle show or something. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't do large animal, just small. Yeah. They're like, okay, that's fine. So anyway, um, I said no surgery because I shuddered at the thought of what they did for anesthesia or anything. So I made it through the week that, you know, the, the staff was great. The tech's great. The clients were moderately terrifying. Um, but anyway, so the last the last hour of the last day, I get, guess what, a pyometra. And they don't want to be transferred. They want me to do surgery because the good old doc would do surgery right there that day. So the vet who said no surgery is now doing surgery at this clinic. So they have to dust off an IV, 
because <laughs> they didn't have IV caps or they couldn't find any. And so they had to, there were no IV caps in the building. So I, we put the IV in and just hooked the fluids right up and made that work and figured out a drug combination I could use using the 1980s drugs that we had. And um, then the best part was, and I'll never forget this, when we had the dog under, have it intubated, have the gas on, and I said, okay, where's your anesthesia monitor? And the technician looks at me and raises her hand. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. Wait. Now, like, was she was she even a formally trained technician? No. No. Yep. So no formal training. But she's been doing this for 20 years. But and uh, I thought she was kidding. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Where's your where's your like mid mark monitor? And she's like, no, I have a stethoscope. And that was <laughs> what we had. <laughs> so dog lived, by the way. Thank now, God. Now I would uh, <laughs> definitely not an esophageal stethoscope, just a straight up one. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh yes. And her doing five things and me saying, "Is there a heartbeat?" I think there is. So yeah. So anyway, when you said country old country clinic, yeah. that's what we're talking about. And I was just making God, they're great people, and you know, it, it's just that's just what you're what you deal with when you don't have the. I don't know, the people who want more modern medicine just because it's not the mindset. I don't understand. But anyway, I just had to tell you that story. Yeah. So, so I don't I, I know you say they're they're good people, but I, I think they're complete jackasses. <laughs> I don't I don't excuse any of that, because even though they might live in, you know, F Bumble, they still went to veterinary school. They still know the right thing to do. They just choose not to do it. Right. So. Well, I have, yeah, but I'm talking about the, the, the staff I worked with. Oh. Okay, they, they made me homemade ice cream, so I will always love them. Okay. <laughs> they knew the way, and the next year they asked me to come back again, and they were like, "I told them I couldn't," and they were like, "But we'll make you ice cream every day." <laughs> it was like that does have it does pull some weight, but wow. still no. <laughs> so they'd have to give me some serious amounts of ice cream to not to not be <laughs> calling them expletives. I'm a little more <laughs> snooty than you, though. Um, but uh, I understand. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the so this study wouldn't involve that clinic apparently, because <laughs> here's the criteria: um, stability of the patient, so the presence of murmurs, arrhythmias, any mitigating physical factors were 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 not included in the standard study. They were included in the greater study uh, when we got to the healthy patients versus sick patients. The choice of anesthetics were you know very important. They had to be either the gas, isoflurane, or sevoflurane. Not any of the older ones that I won't even get into that shouldn't even be in a veterinary clinic. So much, so much is used. The presence <laughs> of an endotracheal tube. That's a tube that goes into the airway to protect the airway, but also that's where the gas goes in through. Um, it also enables us to ventilate the patient in the event that they stop breathing on their own. Indwelling intravenous catheter with IV fluids, not at five times maintenance, <laughs> uh, by the way. Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> um, and the, uh, let's see, what's, what's the final one here? Oh, and anesthesia administered by a formally trained technician. So someone who actually has a technician degree. Some, where do they, what do they call them in Illinois? Are they registered? Are they CVTs, RVTs, LVTs? We have three. We have licensed veterinary techs, registered veterinary techs, and certified veterinary techs. And yeah. I have five techs on my staff, and I have all three combinations, RVT, LVT, CVT. I give up trying to figure it out. Yeah. Anyway. It usually goes by state, but any any of those three combos are good. So, if you you know, you see those three letter, letters, whether it's RVT, LVT, or CVT, it's good. 
Um, and so the statistically with the, our healthy patients that are going through all this stuff, that's, that's good. 1.4 out of 10,000 dogs will perish just from anesthesia complications. Um, for no reason. For no reason. And, and it's usually, it's usually your spay, right? It's, it's, it, 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 there's no rhyme or reason for it. It just happens. Um, very troubling, very horrible. Karen, we talked about stays with you for your career when this happens. I, I can't sleep, can't eat. I mean, just, it's awful. Um, awful for the owner, of course. And it's just, it's terrible, but, but exceedingly rare, right? One in 10,000, roughly. It's, it is. And I, I think there's only one in my career. Granted, I don't do surgery hardly anymore because I'm a house call vet, but um, I'd only been out of vet school for like a year. And uh, I was doing this neuter. This, this is the, the worst. My one in 10,000 happened at the worst possible time. It was a neuter for the local animal shelter. And so uh, because it was a neuter, we worked with the shelter. There was no IV catheter, no blood work. Not even a hot room test because it's a deal for the shelter. Right. I performed this neuter on December 23rd because it was meant to be a Christmas present for the wife whose other dog had passed away. So let's just add that on to making me feel like a horrible person. Yeah. And <laughs> anesthesia, you know, put it under, finish the neuter, and then the dog's just not waking up. And then, I, of course, I also didn't have a registered tech monitoring. I had a girl who was monitoring and restocking shelves and doing 5,000 things. And so, yeah, it was a it was a mess. And the dog was like three. I mean, it wasn't even an old dog. And it still haunts me. And that was yeah. over a decade ago because then I had to tell these people two days before Christmas, hey, that dog you picked out in love, guess what? Yeah. Not coming home. Horrible For, conversation. Can't even explain. I mean, I did... There was a lot of things I would have done differently if it wasn't a shelter, but those were not my decisions to make. I just do what I'm told. So that's a completely different paradigm, right? The shelters, because you know, it still sucks just as bad. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It's it's a life stamped out in front of you for no apparent reason, and and you feel responsible no matter what, even if you did everything to the letter. Um, this is interesting though. This part of the study, I mean, for dogs, it's about one in a, one in ten thousand. For cats, it's about two in ten thousand. So. You know, slightly higher risk for cats. Um, it, I don't read much, too much into that, folks. <laughs> I mean, one in ten thousand versus two in ten thousand is not too big of a difference. Your kitty is not that much more likely to die than your than your dog. Well, um, cats are weird about everything. I mean, does that really yeah. surprise you? It doesn't. <laughs> you it know? doesn't. Um, but uh, so this particular anesthesiologist felt that the, probably the reason for that little aberration is there. There's so much. Remember, we talked on our last episode. I believe it was about heart murmurs and heart disease. Was that our last episode? Um, yes, it was. So, so the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in cats, it's a disease that you don't see on x-rays. It often doesn't have a murmur. And she, she – They just die. They, right. Or, and possibly under anesthesia because you don't know it, right, because you're not going to just pick right. that up on routine diagnostics. Um, statistically, she showed this other study that, that – that, it was a smaller study, so you know the number is not a huge thing to lean on, but up to 20% of quote-unquote healthy cats that go under anesthesia – already have some level of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is crazy. Um, so that, that's another reason we're kind of backing off the fluids a little bit more in cats because y you never know with, with their hearts. Interestingly, though, Dr. Karen, when you have dogs and cats that are compromised, so their anesthesia risk of two or higher, so they come in sick and they need a surgery sick or they're compromised because they got something stuck in their gut or whatever, whatever the case, or they just have a heart murmur or a kidney disease or whatever, all of those get lumped into one additional study. The risk uh, goes to two, about two out of a thousand for both dogs and cats. 
So hmm. the risk is the same in dogs and cats once they're sick. And the risk in cats is the same that they're sick and if they're healthy. Two out of 10,000. No, 1,000. Oh, 1,000. Did I say 10,000? Oh, 10, 10, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah, I, I might not be listening. Yeah, no, it Bad goes up to two, two out of 1,000. I think I might have misspoke. I'm sorry. Two out of 1,000. For, uh, for both dogs and cats. So, so the okay. risk does go up. Which is but... 1 in 500 if you want to have let me to show off with fractions. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, you know, but they're, they're compromising. You know what you're getting into and you know what you're dealing with. And you take extra precautions and it is what it is. You know, a dog well, comes in with a – what's that? Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, please continue. But okay, as I said, well, some of these are ones where anesthesia is not an option because right. the first study was elective surgery, spays, neuters, yes. dentals, tooth removals. ACL these are the, the, dogs, the dish towel who we can't leave it in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I did one uh, Friday. It was a, uh, a sewing needle stuck in the stomach of a Great Dane puppy, Ooh. nine months old. It went well. Oh, at least it's a big dog. Yeah. So, big dog around. Your hand goes down to your elbow, you know, to get push this thing out. And then I pulled out about, you know, 24 inches of uh, sewing thread with it. So crisis Fun. averted there. Um, but, uh, but before we uh, continue to elaborate on our subject, because we always tend to go down these wonderful tangents, I'd like to just bring up our sponsor for this episode. We we have a, a very, very interesting sponsor called Ecosia.com. Uh, Dr. Karen, you want to? Elaborate on Ecosia and what's special about Ecosia.com? Yeah, so it's um, – and Ecosia, it's spelled like Ecosia, so it's yeah. kind of a, a cute play on words. And it's a search engine. So normally when you search like on Google, you're going to get ads and Google – how do you think Google makes millions of dollars? They, they show these ads and then the people pay for the ads and Google keeps a lot of it and that's how it works. If you do the exact same search on Ecosia – you will get the same results, but their ads go back to them, not Yahoo or Google or Bing. And what they do with 80% of their funds is they plant trees. So you could search on another web and web search engine and make a CEO rich, or <laughs> you can search on Ecosia and actually be helping plant trees in deforested areas. Now, they're not a not-for-profit, which I want to make clear, although I think there's plenty of not-for-profits that are extremely shady, so whatever. Yeah, but, um, that doesn't matter actually, to me. Yeah, um, but so um, they're, they are a for-profit, for but it's called a B Corporation, which I never heard of until I learned about this, and it's a really cool thing. It's companies that are for-profit but still have charitable goals, and I thought that was a cool thing. So here it says that at least 80% of their proceeds uh, – Surplus income is the word they use, goes to planting trees. So I think it's a pretty cool thing. Why not search and help as opposed to search and not help? Yeah, I know that's where I'm going to search because I'm all, I'm all about planting trees. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a tree hugger. Um, I'm big into the environment, and uh, I, think it, I think it's a great project. And, and so to date, they have planted over 20 million trees, and their goal is to plant 1 billion by 2020. And interestingly enough, they were kind enough to give us our own link and community so that they can actually track um, the number of trees that we are personally responsible for planting, Dr. Karen. So our visitors, when they come through, the, the link to this, folks, is going to be right um, on our show page. If you want to check it out, I'm going to put it on the website as well. It's uh, ecosia.com. So it's E-C-O-S-I-A dot, I'm sorry, ecosia.co front slash animals. 
ecosia.co front slash animals. And I'm going to put it right on the show page. So I'm going to be really interested to see how many, how many trees we are, we contribute to planting. And I would, I'd love to know, like, how they decide where to plant the trees. What kind of tree? You know, like, that's just me being anal retentive, though, that I'll have to do some more looking at on their website yeah. and see, you know, like, and, like, who plants them? Boy Scout groups? Them? Well, you know, what? So it's a really interesting thought. And um, I like the fact that they don't pretend to be a not-for-profit that a lot of other places do. So, yeah. Well, you know, the NFL's a not-for-profit. We talked about that. They're pretty profitable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, we thank you for the sponsorship and love the project. Uh, back to anesthesia. Um, you know, the pre- pretty interesting stuff. You know, I, I know I'm going to feel pretty good about quantitatively going back to the owners because, you know, to be honest with you, I always just kind of – I just went with kind of what was out there. You know, this was a massive study. It was – and, you know, remember I told you the story before, you know, we were talking in pre-show – about Waldo, my dog, going under for the skin tumor that was about the size of a quarter over his back. You know, in hindsight, he probably would have been under with any decent surgeon for, I don't know, 10 minutes at most. And this veterinarian, and we loved her. She was our family vet, but she put the fear of God in us. He's an 11-year-old, otherwise healthy, Cocker Spaniel. Well, there's a good chance he may not wake up. Um, I just want to be clear about that. You know, this is it, it's very serious to put a dog under anesthesia and, um, you know, so we're like dropping him off, like, you know, ready to write his obituary. And, uh, you know, and he came through it. But, you know, in hindsight, knowing what they used to use, Dr. Karen, you know, the, the devices, the lack of monitoring, the horrible drugs, you know, and that's what they had. I'm not disparaging them, but, you know, things are just so much better now. And I think I think some, some of the stuff from that generation lingers because I look at my parents, for example, if I wasn't a vet and they could tell them better, they might just remember Waldo, you know, and be terrified of anesthesia for their pets still. Right. Right. Well, and now we're, we're now it's funny because like those vets did what they had to do for the time they were at, given the tools they had. And now it's funny because and this is just one of the many things that I find that we're having to undo from veterinary medicine of 30, 40 years ago. And now, uh, because you're right, they used to be like, well, they might not wake up, and some of them didn't, you know? I mean, they, they weren't lying. <laughs> it was yeah. a fact. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but there's so many things, like, blood work didn't exist back then. Like, vaccines were given once a year. I'm like, it's a whole different world now, mm-hmm. too. It's not just the anesthesia. But uh, I think it's amazing, because I have so many people, and it's always the older people that, you know, have been around and had a pet who maybe didn't wake up 50 years ago, and that sticks with you. And I get it, but... And you try to say it's really, really, really different now, and I don't know how to convey that well enough except for to say, I mean, I, I tell people specific examples is what I do. I'm like, hey, you know what? Last week I did a dental on a 19-year-old cat and heart failure and kidney failure, and he did fantastic, and he's feeling better now. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. So, and this, oh, this kidney cats especially, man. I love doing surgery dentals on those because you take them to the hospital, you put them on IV fluids right away, they sit on fluids all day, their kidneys leave happier than when they came in, you usually. Do. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like, they just had <laughs> a good flush. Like a bunch, yeah. I'm like, your kidneys will thank us for doing anesthesia, which mm-hmm. is so the opposite of what you think. Yeah, but. it's remarkable. I, I'm totally there with you on those. And they go home, perky, well, their teeth feel better. And by the way, we, we know that periodontal disease, chronic periodontal disease in cats worsens kidney failure, right? So- that's a good calculated risk as far as I'm concerned. And the risk is still so low. 
Um, but but I but you, you know as so you talked about before just a moment ago, it typically is your older folks that you know went through those ancient Stone Age days of uh, veterinary medicine when things were very different. But it's not always. Let me tell you about this one. It makes makes my blood boil. But uh, this is a uh, young lady. I'm thinking at the time, 33 years old, just a few years ago. Um, a few years ago, but I feel like it was yesterday. She's got an Italian greyhound. Teeth are just rotting out of its mouth. Ready for this? She's an ER nurse. <laughs> an ER <laughs> nurse. And I've been trying to get her to do a dental on this dog for years and years and years and years and years. No, the anesthesia. No, I'm just terrified of the anesthesia. And, and I, I would say to her, look, you're a nurse. Do you understand how safe this is? I know, but I just can't. Well, you know what? The dog goes all these years. Fine. Now, now it's 13 years old. Now it's 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 rotting so badly it can't eat. It, it's um it's it's the maxilla, the the front of the upper jaw. Its nose started to flop because there was no oh, more the there, there's no more bone. Yeah, the bone had rotted. Yeah, so bad too. Why that is? Yeah. Yeah. So the dog wouldn't eat, and uh, it, it's got this. It looked like an aardvark kind of, you know. Nose is just so <laughs> floppy. It's horrible. So sad. Pus oozing out of its nose. Um, it was just a mess. And, and she goes, what am I going to do to get him to eat? I'm like, now now you have no choice. So now you have a dog that now has kidney – in kidney failure, by the way, at this point in his life. Now he's in kidney failure. i got to reconstruct his whole maxilla, and i got to extract all these teeth. And he's going to be so painful, i got to put an esophageal tube in for you to feed him for the next two weeks. That's what your fear of anesthesia brought you to. And now, guess what? He's legitimately a big risk for anesthesia, you know, at this point mm-hmm. in his life. And he's going to have to be under, instead of that, like, 30-minute cleaning, he's going to have to be under for maybe two hours, at least, the amount mm-hmm. of extractions I had to do. And because, instead of it costing her $400, it's going to cost well over 1000 This was 2000 Let's point that out, too. Two. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 2000 wow. And you know what? I didn't have any remorse whatsoever about charging it. I said, here's your treatment plan. Wow, oh, my God. I'm like, yep, would have been a heck of a lot cheaper to have done it as a simple cleaning for 300 bucks, you know, and was far yeah. less traumatic for this dog. I was actually angry about it, but I did it. Um, the dog I can't kept, tell, really. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, you know, just, I just irrational, irrational stances just irk me. You know, I just don't get it. You give him statistics, and you're a nurse for the love of God. Come on. She's no longer a client, by the way, so I can just go on and on about her. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> um, she moved. I mean, she, she kept seeing me for you know a few years after, but she ended up moving. So, But, but did she do the dental? Oh, she had to at that point. Yeah, so I rebuilt okay. this dog's mouth. You know, he had no and it survived. Yes. Survived. Um, I put the E-tube in. She fed him through the, the, the mash through that for a couple of weeks, and all went well, but um, it was so unnecessary. Dog lived another two Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, but but what are you gonna do? So, folks, don't 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 be that person. Get the dental done. But 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 ask the right questions, right, Doctor Karen? Don't don't go to the clinic where you know. The example that you gave, <laughs> where you know, <laughs> and, and granted, you're the poor doctor stuck doing it. I'm not faulting you, but you know, ask the right <laughs> questions. Don't think that everything's created equal. And when you're price shopping. Make sure you're comparing apples to apples, right? Oh, and actually, there's some things you don't price shop on. Like, if you were going to have, like, a hysterectomy for yourself, would you price shop it and be and have your friend who said, oh, no, there's this guy in the back of the strip mall. It was great. <laughs> we market. Well, I mean, yeah. No, you wouldn't. And so, like, there's a very sketchy clinic in my area 
it's it's like malpractice up one side and down the other, how they're even open, I blows my mind. But anyway, and so they do these really cheap dentals because they hardly, I don't even think they use general anesthesia. They just give a light sedation, no pain meds, no nothing, no x-rays, don't even pull the teeth they need to be pulled. Just kind of scrape off some tartar. And it's a $200 dental and people think it's great. And I'm like, guys, you're going to need another dental in like six months because they're not even doing it right. If your dog even lives and it's not, ugh. So yeah, dentals or any anesthesia involving surgery is not something you want to price shop because do they have an anesthetic monitor? Is the monitor something that plugs in or is it named Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) Is it named Lisa? (laughs) I love that. She raises her hand. She's the monitor. I love it. I don't ever forget the, the look on her face and then the look on my face, probably. But, um, you know, or do they do IV fluids? Do they do dental x-rays? Are dental x-rays standard or are they extra? Because some places do them routinely and some only do them if there's a questionable tooth. So it is such a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, I'll never forget I had this one guy. Ugh. He called the clinic and some loser on the phone told him, oh, our dentals are $150. So... He came for a pre-anesthetic. He drove an hour for this pre-anesthetic because he's like, wow, I'll save money. And, um, well, the $150 dental is the baseline just typed in dental and just got scaling and polishing. Right. Not anesthesia, fluid, you know, the whole nine yards. And so, mm-hmm. and the exam, because he's a new client, was 50 bucks. So he gets to pay 50 bucks for me to tell him, no, no, here's your $400 estimate. Well, <laughs> stink and threaten my life and threaten yeah. the people's lives. So sure. he ended up walking out for free because I was like, just bye-bye at this point. You know, I don't even care. Just keep your 50 bucks and run away. But, um, but yeah, so even you don't even, you don't even know until you actually walk in and talk to the doctor and no, no one can give you an estimate on the phone because you kind of have to see their teeth. Is it going to be what I call a spit and polish or is it going to be a Italian greyhound looks like an aardvark, you know. <laughs> that you're, you're there is a big difference. <laughs> yes. So you can't oh, okay. how much. Anyway, that's sorry tangent. Ah. No, it's a good, great, great statement though. You know, it, it, that's the other thing. People want estimates over the phone. I know we're not talking about dentistry; it's about anesthesia. But, but one of the things is you you do have to st- you have to, you have to grade the dog's anesthesia risk one through five. You know the the aha uh, grading of 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 the risk, that is that does factor into the price. Um, but yeah, the stage of dentistry is so important, and there's oh my god, things can vary so much. And and clients over the phone tend to underscore the gravity of of, of the dentistry. You know, well I don't think they're that bad. And you look at it, you're like, what? No. You know. I know. It's like holy crap! How are you how are you even opening your mouth? Um, but <laughs> just crazy but um as, as as far as another big thing that this study showed uh and a big i don't know about in your area but here the the low cost high volume spay neuter clinics one of the big um shortcuts they take is they don't put in an endotracheal tube they just throw a mask over the patient's face for a spay or neuter and that increases ready for this folks the the risk of anesthesia so Death by anesthesia, you're, you increase that risk by six times for dogs and cats by a factor of six. That's no small number. You know, so your dog is six times more likely to die under anesthesia with a mask on them than with with uh, an with, with a proper tube. tube. Yeah. So. OK, so, so let's say for a routinely healthy dog, the risk is roughly one in 10,000. We said it was one point yeah. four in 10,000. Right. Yeah. OK, so um, 
let's say if that is six times, I'm gonna. I have my calculator out. I'm having. I'm. I'm in. I'm in a fun with math mood today. In case you can't tell. <laughs> so um, that makes it. Is uh, your calculator as big as mine? Look at that sucker. Oh, no. Calculator. <laughs> um, so anyway, that goes down. That that brings it up to eight point four for yeah. ten thousand. So. Um, Still safe, but not as safe. <laughs> yeah, which is one point. Okay, so this is interesting. More, more fun with math. So it takes the risk from 1.4 in 10,000 to 1.6 in 2,000. Right. So that, for me, in my brain, that tells it more than the 8.4 to 10,000. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But no, I like it. I, that's a great. Amazing. You know, there's nothing like quantifying something. And this anesthesiologist really did a, a wonderful job of it and, and inspired the talk because – I mean, I know you with your house call practice, you're not doing as much anesthesia, but I do anesthesia every second of my life, pretty much. You know, I mean, it's not a day, even if it, like Friday I was not, I was, I was receiving, but my associate took in a case and he goes, I got no room in my schedule for this. Can you, can, can you take this needle out of this dog's stomach? And I said, uh, yeah, I was actually going to leave for the day, but uh, sure, <laughs> I'll stay another three hours and do this. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every every day, every day of my life, it, it it it's there, and it's what we do. It's a huge part of what we do. So. And I will say this one thing too: when back when I used to do a lot of surgery, and we would have a surgery day, you you get I don't know I guess and you probably are the same way too I'm sure more so than I ever was but I don't want to say lackadaisical but it just becomes so routine mm -hmm. and you just like we I don't even think about the risk anymore I'm just like let's get the next one down get the next one down get the next yep. one down you know I mean sure. just trying to get through them get through them get through them well and then call me a hypocrite I don't know call me whatever but when it's my own pet under anesthesia I'm like wait wait. <laughs> I need to listen to his heart 10 more times before we <laughs> I do the you same know, thing. And I need to play the again. And they're all like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. And does anything happen with the other ones? No. So why am I a freak when it's my own dog? Because I'm a freak. Because it, it's your own dog, though. You, it, that, that's, why, um, that's why human doctors ethically are not allowed, uh, unless under extenuating circumstances, there's no other choice. They're not actually allowed to work on their own family members for that very reason. Well, good, cause, I, mean, honestly, I think, well, and like when it's my own internal medicine animal that I'm trying to do, like, you know how it is. And it's your own pet. Your brain turns to mush. It does. And you're just like, uh, blah, 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 I don't know. So then I'll like have my friends look at the sex ray. And they're like, your dog has a giant metal ball in his stomach. I'm like, Oh, so you totally missed that. You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, not, think rationally when it's your own yeah so uh, no doubt but so folks again bottom line what are our, what are our big takeaways i think number one don't be so afraid right it's not that this is not the anesthesia of yesteryear no yes no, we do it much better number two ask the right questions let's not um you know go go to and not all country vets are you know yokels doing it the way that you ended up in but a lot of them are, you know, so just ask the right questions. My perspective, and maybe because my hospital's accredited by the American Animal Hospital Association or AHA, that's a good standard to choose as far as, you know, having a high-end procedure that carries risk with anesthesia and the procedure and or the procedure itself. That's a university standard of medicine being practiced in a, a private veterinary clinic, which, you know, you, you have to voluntarily – get audited for that and, and do things right. So I think that's a good thing. 
Any other tips there, Dr. Karen? Um, no, and there, uh, we, I think one thing to point out, when you said ask the right questions, those questions would be, what, what does your procedure include? Does it include IV fluids? What is the name of your anesthetic monitor? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when you say ask the right questions, the, the right questions aren't, well, can you do it for cheaper mm-hmm. or can you do it faster or, you know, um, right. so yeah, so I just wanted to clarify that, but I know her name wasn't Lisa, actually, I can't remember what her name was, but anyway. Better you don't say it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and as far as the monitor, in addition to just Lisa, and hopefully Lisa's a CVT, RVT, or LVT, but, um, I, I'm, you know, again, the most important thing is just throwing a pulse oximeter on their tongue. Uh, to me, that's not mo- that's not monitoring. I, I want blood pressure. Pulse oximetry is great. Uh, capnometer for for carbon dioxide measuring and EKG or electrical pulse wave of the heart. All those things for me are uber important uh, for for all aspects of anesthesia, whether they're healthy or sick patients. And you know what? I think the number one most important thing though is the people, because most anesthetic complications occur not in the middle of the procedure, but on induction or on reawaking. Um, I, my brain just farted. I can't think of the word for that right now. Um, anyway, um, so, and it's having that person there, you can have all the greatest machines in the world, but you have to know what to do with them Yeah. and how to interpret them. So all the, the term she uses whistle. is re- re-emergence, um, is what Thank you. I was like, it's not resuscitation because yeah. they didn't die. No, but that's a great point, Karen, <laughs> because she said that that's, especially in dogs for some reason, dogs wake up a little crazy sometimes and. And that's when they can have those fatal arrhythmias and crazy things happen yeah. because they're suddenly stressed. Um, that's a great point. Really, the human factor, it's huge. Knowing to be decisive, having experience, being well-trained, um, being able to act, paying attention, that goes a long way. Yeah. Wow, he hasn't breathed in about a minute and a half. And, like, and like, I said, so many times something as simple as taking their temperature. Yeah. Hey, he's not waking up. And I shouldn't have to say, get his temperature. A good tech will know that, and they'll say, Hey, his tempo is 92. I put warming stuff on him. It's up to 94. What should I do? Now that's an awesome tech. Yes. You know. Yep. Um, as opposed to he's not waking up. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. You know. So yeah, a lot of it is like I said, you can have all the fancy tools, but if you don't know how to interpret the results and how to read the EKG and know what the blood pressure should be, you're just sitting there with fancy tools. So it goes both ways. Yeah, it all goes together. Yeah, certainly, the the tools yeah. without the human factor. No bueno. Just the human factor. Not far enough. Got to have it all. So, yep. Yep. Well, pleasure to talk to you so soon, right? I mean, it's we're <laughs> we're, we're being a little bit more on point here. So, uh, great great topic. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.